from KQED. You're listening to Queued Up. I'm Ryan Levy. Forty years ago this month, more than 900 people died in Jonestown, a remote settlement in the South American country of Guyana. Most of them were from the Bay Area, members of the People's Temple, led by Jim Jones. God is perfect freedom, justice, equality, and thus the only thing that brings perfect justice, freedom, and equality, perfect love in all of its beauty and holiness is socialism. socialism. Jones was a charismatic white guy who preached racial equality through a kind of socialism. He brought his followers to Guyana where he planned to build a rainbow utopia. But Jones became increasingly paranoid and unhinged. He ordered some of his followers to kill a visiting congressman who was investigating the temple. And then he orchestrated what he called an act of revolutionary suicide, telling his followers to drink cyanide-laced punch. All we're doing is laying down our life. We're not letting them take our life. We're laying down our life. We just want peace. Some families were wiped out altogether. Today, we're bringing you the first of a two-part story about one man determined to trace his own family connection back to Jonestown. Even when others ask him, do you really want to know? Here's KQED's Tara Seiler. Robert Spencer has always pitched in. Coaching his kids' sports teams, volunteering with his church and his labor union. He's the kind of guy who'll go out of his way to change a stranger's flat tire. Maybe that's just a family trait being helpful. Robert brings that trait to his work, too. He's kind of a jack-of-all-trades for the Park Service in the San Francisco Bay Area. Mending fences, cleaning restrooms, clearing trails. And in the summertime... He battles California's wildfires. I enjoy firefighting because I like helping people. Being a park ranger, it's helping people. Robert was adopted at birth, and for years he's been consumed by questions about where he came from, why he's helpful, why he's tall, why he has dark hair and olive skin, why his eyes are clear blue. He wants answers, but his lineage is complicated. It's not me. I'm just like a product of two amazing stories. It's don't know how to explain it. Growing up, Robert's adoptive mom and dad were older than his friend's parents. They were more like the age of grandparents. Then, when Robert was just 15, his dad died of cancer. So, I'd been without a dad a long time. His mom lived a long life, but Robert took care of her for eight long years, as age took her body and dementia took her mind. Yeah, I loved my parents. They loved me. They raised me. Not looking to replace them, but there's something to be said about that biological connection that you have to somebody. Robert is 50 years old. He's married with two sons. But it's like there's a hole inside him, a void, and he's trying desperately to fill it. If I could just meet someone, you know, a cousin, and I could say I actually met someone on this planet that I related to besides my two kids. Would you know, like, deep down, would there be some weird, like, knowledge of that? 
Robert has a deep need to answer that question. Blood is a strange thing. It's thicker than water for some people and totally overrated for others. As a child growing up, my parents would mention that I was adopted. And I didn't really know what that meant. Then, when Robert was 10 years old, he learned a whole lot more about his adoption. He was playing with his dog. His parents were in the living room, glued to the evening news. They were getting the latest on a huge story gripping the country. This is a Channel 7 News scene special report with our continuing coverage of the People's Temple story. In the and then it's 1978 when uh, the People's Temple tragedy happened. It was on the news all the time. These are the first pictures out of Guyana on the incredible orgy of death that took place in the People's Temple Agricultural Mission at Jonestown. And they were showing uh, the planes, you know, landing at Dover Air Force Base and unloading the coffins. The bodies are laid out almost like everybody took the poison and then picked a place to be still somewhere until the poison took effect. My dad called me into uh, my parents' bedroom. They opened up a drawer and he pulled out a picture of my mom and he explained that my mother was... Uh, in Jonestown. That's a lot to lay on a kid. Telling Robert about his biological mother and that she just died in a mass killing at the same time. Her name was Agnes Bishop. There was a sense of loss, but I don't know exactly what I'd lost. When you're a kid, you don't understand what's happening with, you know, birth and death and everything. But Robert's sense of loss grew with more disturbing news. You see, Agnes, his birth mother, had four other children, but he never got to meet them. They all died with their mom in Jonestown. I had a real large family that I was adopted out of, you know, having three brothers and a sister, and then to have them all, just the, the news is they're dead. You'll never see them. Well, that was the end of that family line. Not only were all these blood relatives dead, but in another twist, Agnes was adopted too, making it that much harder to find family. It's weird being the adopted child of an adopted child. Like, who's family and who's not? It's hard to say. And it gets weirder because it turns out Robert's birth mother's full name was actually Agnes Bishop Jones. She was adopted as a child by Jim Jones, the man behind the massacre, and his wife, Marceline. And my dad said that he actually spoke with Jim Jones and had, you know, was threatening legal action if Agnes didn't show up for all the court documents that had to be signed. Why was Jim Jones involved in Robert's adoption? Did Agnes not want to give Robert up? Robert was too young to ask, and for a long time he simply closed the door on this family history. But as he watched his own kids growing up, he had questions. And there was no one around to answer them. His adoptive parents were gone. About 15 years ago, he began searching for information about Agnes online. She was one of eight kids the Joneses adopted. They had one biological son. Agnes was married three times. She was 25 when she had Robert. She was 35 when she died. For a long time, that's all he knew. 
But a few years ago, Robert reached out to someone as close to Jonestown as you could get, Stephen Jones, Agnes's brother. He's the only biological child of Jim and Marceline Jones. Well, that's definitely Agnes. Stephen is looking at a picture of Agnes and her children, a rare photo of the family taken away from the People's Temple. It's good to see them there. Uh, you know, to see them as a family outside of the temple together. Because that's, that was discouraged in the temple. You know, the family unit. unit so. Because it was supposed to be more communal. More right? communal, yeah. And the family, if anything, you know, that was threatening to dad and his authority. The movement revolved around Jim Jones, a master manipulator with a giant ego. After leaving San Francisco, the temple began building its multiracial utopia in Guyana. But Stephen wasn't at Jonestown the day the suicide orders came down. He and two of his brothers were on the other side of the South American country playing basketball, and they survived. Here's Stephen at a news conference in Guyana as the dead were still being tallied, explaining why he didn't leave the temple, even though he knew his father had become a madman. What would you do? I mean, would you uh, leave and leave, leave everybody you've loved, everyone you've lived with all your life? All those people in my life, all my 19 years, I've known no one else, right? Uh, what am I going to do? Virtually everyone in Jonestown died that day, including Stephen's parents, one of his brothers, and his sister, Agnes. She was a lovely woman, um, very pretty face, a soft voice with a southern midwestern twang, and a lovely, sweet smile. But I didn't know Agnes. That's kind of a strange thing to say about your sister. But there was a big age gap. Stephen was only nine years old when Agnes gave birth to Robert. He knew nothing about the pregnancy. Yeah, if I remember correctly, I met Robert by email first. Stephen is a trusting guy, but he can be wary of people wanting to make some connection to the temple in Jonestown. People maybe looking for a sense of belonging, looking to heal some deep trauma of their own. But Stephen thought Robert's story was plausible. I suspect that her pregnancy with Robert happened on one of her times away from the temple. I don't know how she did that. But she came and went more than anybody I can remember in the temple. And she never felt fully in. It's, it's a tragic irony that they all, they all died down there because I never really kind of felt like she was a part of the temple. Did Agnes have some kind of special privileges? Did she see the dangers of temple life and want to spare one child? Or was she simply an unwed mother with no support? Robert was looking to Stephen for some answers. I felt like I, I, I should show up and, you know, tell him what I know. Well, what did you think when Robert shows up out of the blue and says he's Agnes's son? I mean, did you think that was kind of strange? <laughs> you got to remember where I come from. <laughs> Nothing seems strange as far as human behavior. Um, I mean, it, got, it even got stranger than that. When Stephen and Robert finally met in person, it was later that year. Survivors and friends and families of those who died at Jonestown were getting together for one of their sporadic reunions, this time in San Diego. Folks were raising the question, they were wondering, why would Agnes have been told to put her child up for adoption? They were wondering because Stephen and others tied to Jonestown know that Temple members didn't put their kids up for adoption to outsiders. 
children were held on to. And I don't mean that necessarily in a negative way. Like we were a community, right? So that led people to speculate that maybe dad was the father of the child and they just wanted to make that go away. A few people did think Stephen and Robert kind of looked alike. Their skin tone is similar. They have intense eyes, but in different ways. And both were really thin at the time. Robert also began wondering if Jim Jones might be his biological father. He asked Stephen if he would take a DNA test. My first response is, yeah, help the guy. Uh, and I, on some level, I feel an obligation to help when things connected that way um, uh, to my father and my history. But let's face it, the idea that Jim Jones might be Robert's father is pretty creepy on a few levels. For one thing, it would mean Agnes was molested by her adoptive father. What would this information mean for Stephen's family? What would it mean for Robert's? Do I want to know this? Does he want to know this? Actually, Stephen's a great guy, and he was genuinely concerned about me. Not that that's my decision, but that was something that came to mind. I even said that to him, I said, do you really want to know that Jim Jones is your dad? Do you want to know that? Was Robert seeking some weird notoriety by being the son of Jim Jones? Was he looking to inherit a family? Stephen didn't think so, but thought it best to play it straight with him. Robert, you need to be clear that if we find out that we have the same father, it changes nothing for me. That might sound a little harsh, but remember where Stephen comes from. He was raised in the temple. He was thrown together with eight adopted siblings of different backgrounds. Stephen had no history with Robert. That you and I share blood doesn't hold a lot of weight with me, and I need to be sure you're clear about that. Robert was clear, and Stephen didn't want to be the one person standing in the way of something that seemed so important to Robert. And so we did the test. We'll have part two of Tara's story next week on Queued Up. That episode will drop on Sunday, November 18th, 40 years to the day from the mass suicide at Jonestown. If you can't wait that long, the California Report magazine will be airing Tara's story in full on Friday, November 16th. You can subscribe to the California Report magazine wherever you found this podcast. I'm Ryan Levy. Have a good week.